If the God of the universe is in my corner, who should I fear? What should I be afraid of if the God of the universe is in my corner? My dear wife, Connie, has been in the hospital some 20 out of the last 30 days. And I, as I am in that hospital with her, the number of fears that exist in that environment is beyond description. The 13-year-old, what of my broken wrist keeps me from ever doing gymnastics again? The 18-year-old with a foot injury, what if this injury keeps me from getting a scholarship that had basically been offered me? The young man, what if this illness keeps me laid up and I lose my job? The woman with three young children at home, I, I can't stay in the hospital. I'm fearful of my children. Someone needs to take care of them. That was the environment. Small portion of it. If the God of the universe is in my corner, of whom shall I be afraid? Two words, fear not. If I ask you whether you believed in a guardian angel, your hands would pop up. If you had a lot of energy, both hands would pop up. If you were Pentecostal, you'd be standing up waving your hands. If I ask you whether you believed in a guardian angel, there wouldn't be no one to argue the points. It is based on one verse in the Bible, Matthew 18, 10. If I told you that the command from God is mentioned 365 times in the Bible, not one time... Guardian angel, not one time, but 365 times God said, I've sent a guardian angel to you, one who will deliver you from fear. 365 times. Drew, when he sent me that video, said, he said, Paul, I'm glad it says right there at the start of that video, 365 times God has made the promise because you've said it so often and now the video verifies the truth of your comments. Fear not. From Genesis to Revelation, from Abraham 2,200 years before Jesus was born to John on the island of Patmos 110 AD, that command from God, that exhortation from God it covers the pages of the Bible. It's spoken by prophets. It is spoken by apostles. It is spoken by martyrs. It is spoken by Jesus himself. Here's a fear not to Abraham. Let's throw out a fear not to Moses. Let's throw out a fear not to the great King David. Let us throw out a fear not to Daniel, the one who goes into the lion's den. Let us throw out a fear not to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to the city of Jerusalem, to the women who come to the sepulcher, to the twelve disciples, to Zacharias, to Mary, the mother of our Lord. Let us throw out that command. Do not be afraid. 
600 biographies in the Bible, and there is not a biography in the Bible, save the one connected to Jesus, in which there is not a fear that has arisen. And God coming to them and saying, fear not. And every time in the Bible it says, fear not, it tells you why not to be afraid. Not because your guardian angel is with you, but because God himself is with you. Deuteronomy 31, 6, do not be afraid or tremble. The Lord, your God, is with you. Matthew 28, 20, lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. Do not be afraid. Every time we are told to not be afraid, we are told why. Because God, this personal God, this Jesus, the Lord is my shepherd. He is with us. 900 years before Jesus is ever born, you got David writing in the 23rd Psalm. Even though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? I will fear no evil. Because my personal God is with me. That's 900 years before Jesus is ever born. It's a command from God. You sit and say, I'll follow the Ten Commandments because they're a command from God. John 13, he says, I give you a new commandment, love each other. And you say, it's a command from God, I ought to do that. When he says to you and me 365 times, and I'm sorry to tell you this is a leap year, so you got 366 days. You might be one day on your own, okay? I don't think so. When he commands you 365 times a day, when you wake up in the morning, I do not want fear in your heart. I don't want fear about whether you're going to lose your job. I don't want you to have fear about whether your wrist is going to keep you from gymnastics. I don't want fear in your heart when you wake up in the morning. Because I, the Lord your God, have commanded you not to, and I've given you resource in order not to have fear, and that resource is faith. I made sure we read it for the New Testament reading, 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, a spirit of timidity. God has placed his spirit within us called the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit timid? Is the Holy Spirit shy? Does the Spirit have really no power at all? The Holy Spirit was there on the first day of creation. The Spirit hovers over the waters. It comes crashing down. And when God says, let there be light, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that explodes on this earth. You look at that first Pentecost, you got flames of fire sitting on the disciples' heads. And they're speaking in tongues. And all of a sudden, these disciples who 50 days earlier were hiding in the upper room, fearful that they were going to meet the end that Jesus did. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes to them, they are preaching in front of the people who killed Jesus. God did not give you a spirit of timidity. He did not give you a spirit of fear. Gave you a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Spirit of power, that's what he gave you. The video, once again, if God is in your corner, with the power to create the universe out of nothing, 
with the power to take a sperm and an egg, and uh, there you sit. If God has this power, Colossians 2.10, to keep this universe going second by second, and your body going second by second, if God has that power, do you think your wrist... Uh, Do you think your illness? Do you think your finances? Do you think a relationship that is having a difficult time? uh, Do you think that God has any difficulty with it? Illness and death is not from God, it's from Satan. 2 Samuel 14, verse 14. And when Satan sends these things that produce fear... It is God who comes with his power. He has given you the spirit of power, believing in him and his ability. Matthew 17, 20, whenever I see that verse, I think of fear. If you have faith as small as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to the mountain of fear, move. And by my power in you, it shall move. Why did Jesus make the comment on they, that day? Because of his disciples. Jesus come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. The first thing he sees is his disciples. And his disciples say to Jesus, that guy brought a demon-possessed boy to us, and we did not have the power to cast out the demon. And Jesus said, it's because you're afraid. You were afraid the demon had more power than you did. And that's when he said to those disciples and to all of us throughout all these centuries, if you have faith as small as a grain of mustard seed, you say to the circumstance that produces fear, move, and it shall move. He didn't give you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love. How does love counteract fear? I'll tell you. Fear is because your focus is only Only, 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 only on you. My aches, my pains, my illness, my finances, my, 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 my. It's all about you. 1 Corinthians 13, it says, You can speak in the tongue of men and angels. You can have all wisdom and understand all mysteries. You can give all you have to the poor and give your body to the flames. You can do this. But if you have not love, you have nothing. If you do not have love, you do not have the power to overcome fear. Because love looks outside of itself at someone else. And when you're looking at someone else produced by love, then your fear goes. I'll give you an example. So fear certainly crept into my heart again this past week with regards to Connie. What end will we have here? What end will we have here? Will it be favorable or will she be up there with Jonathan? What situation shall we have? And like Jesus there in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating drops of blood, wasn't sweating drops of blood, but fear was creeping in. My son, two days earlier, told me about Beth Ann, the sister of someone he works with at Proven IT. And he said, Dad, you will not believe what happened. I said, tell me. 
He said, Bethan's husband died suddenly, age 37. I said, does she have children? He said, four of them, ages 6 to 18 months. We prayed for her last week. And when I left the hospital that evening, I called Joshua. I said, do you have her address? He said, let me call my colleague and I'll get the address. And I drove to her house. And I said, I know you had the funeral at Don Borling's church. You know, I'm a friend of Don's. And my son works with your brother. And he told me about your circumstance. Four children, a widow at age 35. I talked with her at length. Had a prayer with her. Left her a Red Sea Rules book I had in my car. And I gave her a great deal of financial help. I said, you haven't seen the last of me. She said, I hope not. You know my address. Guess what? The fears I had pertaining to Connie, they were nowhere to be found. Because I look at Beth Ann and I look at a widow and I look at four children. And my love and my prayer for her circumstance. The Bible says, it truly is a verse, Google it. The Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. And if you're looking at your circumstance, you're lost in it. If you realize that there are others on this earth who might be having a more difficult time than you. Perfect love casts out fear. And if you have this love for God, you got made, right? Tell me about any three-year-old child who has some fear. Tell me about any three-year-old child who goes to mom or dad and says, I'm afraid. Tell me any child who goes to mom and dad with their fear. And mom or dad says, come here, come sit in my lap. And within two or three minutes, that child is asleep. Why? Perfect love casts out fear. My mom and dad love me. I love them. My fear's gone. That's what Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me with your fears. Come to me with your fears. You can do it in prayer. You can do it by opening the Bible. You can do it by meditating. Come to me with your fears. Come sit in my lap. You don't even have to tell me about it. I already know. And by the time you're through bringing me your fears, within minutes, you're on your way. You've left your fears with me. And I have given you peace. He did not give us a spirit of timidity because the Holy Spirit knows nothing except God's power, God's love, and he's placed that in you. And finally, he says he he gave me a spirit of self-control. 
Jesus said, John 10, 10, I've come that you might have abundant life on this earth. There is nothing that will destroy your life more quickly, physically, mentally, or emotionally than fear. Nothing will destroy it more quickly. Jesus said, I've come that you might have abundant life, and my arch enemy, Satan, has one weapon more powerful than any other, and that is called fear. And you have one weapon more powerful than any other, and that is called faith. Can your faith overcome the fears that Satan brings? First John 4, 4, the one in you, namely Jesus, is stronger than the one in the world. Where did fear first pop up? Are you ready? Genesis 3. Genesis 3. Even Adam have sinned. God comes walking in the garden. God says with a broken heart, where are you, Adam? Listen to what Adam says. He said, I heard you. I was naked. And I was afraid. First words out of Adam's mouth after sin was, I was afraid. And Satan is clapping his hands. Satan's weapon is fear. God's weapon is faith. And what did God say to Adam and to the serpent and to Eve? I'm going to send somebody. He's going to crush your head, Satan. You're always going to be striking at my children's heels through this thing called fear. You're always going to be striking, but I'm going to crush your head. And I will give my children the ability to arise above fear. I will give them faith in my power, my love. Self-discipline, can you control your fears? Can you control your fears? By the grace of God, with his spirit, if I can, I believe you can as well. Will fear come? A lady last night, God bless her, she's having a surgery this Friday. She said, Pastor, your sermon didn't help me at all. <laughs> I said, amen, thank you very much for your honesty. She said, I'm terrified of my surgery on Friday. I said, you're in good company. Martin Luther, 18 months before he died, said, I, fear, I pray that my fear of death does not sidetrack my faith. How do you like that? Jesus, sweating drops of blood. Father, if there's some other way to do it, let it happen some other way. You're in good company. I myself wrestle with fear. I've said to you before, when I write sermons, they're my therapy. And if there be 10 or 20 people who can tie into this, God be praised. I've come that you might have abundant life. The gal with the wrist situation in the elevator. And when we step out of the elevator... I said to you, I apologize for overhearing your conversation. If you could not do gymnastics, would that be the end of the world for you? Do you have something else? And her mom just really re-exploded. She said, that's what I've been telling her. 
You have so many other gifts and talents. That's what I've been telling her. I have come that you might have abundant life. Freedom from fear. Closing word, Jim Harbaugh. You're a University of Michigan fan. You, you know, you're still dancing on cloud nine. He wins the national championship two weeks ago. And they interview him that week, and they say to Jim Harbaugh, man, you got all these pro teams wanting you, including the Chicago Bears. We didn't get him. And you got all these colleges wanting you, and you can call your own number as far as the finances you want. How can you sleep? You know, how, how, doesn't this drive you crazy? He said, it doesn't drive me crazy at all because God takes care of those things. And I sleep well at night because my Lord takes care of those things. And all of a sudden, I'm a Jim Harbaugh fan. DeMarcus Cousin, the great basketball player, He weighed like 300 pounds and he broke his ankle and recovered and tore his ACL and recovered and tore the other ACL and recovered. He's 32 years of age. He'll be a future Hall of Famer, perhaps. And they asked him on television as I'm watching, they said, DeMarcus, are you afraid that your career is over? And this guy, who was rather a bully on the courts, He said, not afraid at all. The Lord has always guided my steps. And I'm almost excited to see what the Lord has next. Thank you, DeMarcus Cousins. God be with each of you. You believe in a guardian angel? Sure do, Pastor. Do you believe that 365 times God has told you, one for every day of the year, I am your guardian angel, and I'm going to command you, do not be afraid. I'm going to appeal to you out of love because I don't want my child afraid. I'm going to appeal to you, do not be afraid for one reason. As the video said, the God of the universe is with you. And if he is in your corner, what do you have to fear? In his powerful name, amen. Heavenly Father, grant us the grace of faith, a faith so strong that when Satan sends his weapon of fear into our lives, like a fire extinguisher in a kitchen when the stove starts on fire, may our faith be that fire extinguisher. Submit yourself to Jesus, resist Satan, and fear will flee from you. James 4, 7. May it be in my life, Connie's life, Joshua, my grandchildren, and may it be in the lives of the dear people in this congregation or those who are listening online. Keep us close to you, Lord, in our Savior's name. Amen. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.